One is a famous former Cyclone running back. The other is really tall. Together, Jeff Woody and Jared Dansbury come together to create Fart. That's the Football and Random Things Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Time for another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 37 of Football and Random Things. Jeff, what do you, I think everybody knows that you've never been one to shy away from helping make history. Uh, I don't think so, nor making a moment. You are helping make history right now today. All right. The first official podcast recorded in the brand new Cyclone Fanatic Studio. Is You can probably tell, listeners, that we just sound better, and uh, the, the vocal quality is going to be higher, which... Jared and I were playing around with the microphones beforehand, and I feel like I sound like my voice has way more gravitas to it. So now if I have like a mic drop moment where I can just like make a, make a, a very solid point, it just sounds like I'm much more authoritative than I actually am. The voice you were using before sounded like, uh, it, the, the voice when they come on on the NFL games and say that you can't use this without express written consent. Without written, express written consent of the NFL. Yeah. That? Yeah, that yeah the, the 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 deep bar- but then they speed it up like 400 times actual speed right damn lawyers i apologize to any lawyers out there that i just said damn lawyers yeah, I, we, I don't i don't dislike lawyers we love lawyers as a, as a as a person or a population we love lawyers who are well that was really bad i gotta figure out where i need to sit here uh we love lawyers who are loyal listeners lawyers who are loyal lawyer loyalers Lawyer, loyal listeners of football and random things. Uh, as always, recording in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. New and new improved. The new and improved Carl, Carl Chevrolet Studios. If you're looking to buy or buy a new car, maybe a pre-owned vehicle, maybe lease a vehicle like Jeff Woody did. Mm-hmm. Carl Chevrolet in Ankeny, Carl Chevrolet of Stewart are the best places in central Iowa to do that if you ask for Again, tiny bump, personal tiny bump of service. I went and to got a, there was a squeal going on. It's like I said, warranty recall, recall. They took recall, huh? But they took care of it. And then for whatever reason, the issue wasn't totally resolved. Called them the other day and they're like, you know what? Set an appointment, come back in. We'll have someone ride along with you, recreate the sound. We'll take care of it. So there's uh, quality people, nice people, good service. And even if they're not, because nobody's perfect, so you're not going to, if they didn't get it right, the, like didn't get it exactly dead set the first time because couldn't replicate the problem, offered to just come back and finish the job the right way. Shout out to the folks at Carl Chevrolet. Also want to remind everyone that on August 24th, we'll be hosting the Cyclone Fanatic kickoff party at Barntown Brewing on the Waukee side of West Des Moines. Brandon, that party starts at 2, right? You know that? Yeah, 2 p.m. on August 24th at Barntown Brewing on the walkie side of West Des Jeff Woody, will you be there? It's one week from Saturday. I have a wedding that I'm going to. What the hell? I'm going to say m- probably because I think Wait, the wedding so the starts wedding at, is wedding, I think the wedding's at, yeah, it's the 24th. I think the wedding is at 5. So if it starts at 2. Who wedding at 5? That sounds, seems like a late wedding. No, that's way better. Is so it? much better. Because think about it. If you're going to have. Is it an outdoor wedding? No, but either way, like regardless, would you want to go to a wedding at 3? And then when's dinner? Six, five? Okay, so you're going to have a wedding from three. Let's say it's a 30, 45 minutes, the Catholic mass. So we go 45 minutes for a wedding. And then reception, say, 20 minutes away. It's 4.15. You're going to sit there for an hour and 45 minutes waiting for dinner to start? Yeah, well, you know what you do during that hour and 45 minutes? 
Well, no, then, okay, so you get blitzed at 6 o'clock, and now you're trying to eat dinner. Precisely. And then it's then you 7, your- 7 o'clock by the time dinner's done. They have to do the ceremonial first stuff, the first dance, the first, well, father-daughter dance, the whatever dollar dance and stuff. You're not ready to roll until 8.30. So you've been at this wedding for five hours before you can actually start dancing. Not a, See, big, not a big dancer. I'm more of a, more of a drinker. Mm. So I'm, uh, but I, no, very pro later weddings. You put it at five or five thirty, have a quick little get, get in, get out service, get to the reception. I'm, I'm cool with hors d'oeuvres. I'm cool with like a, a, a cocktail hour, but then they come people or wedding party gets there quick wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Get the stuff done that you need to get done. 30 minutes, father, daughter dance, then get to the party. That's what everybody's there for. All right. Well, I'm glad that we were able to detour. So set, your weddings, set your weddings at five. Cyclone fanatic kickoff party on August 24th at Barntown Brewing in Waukee. We're going to be having a stellar raffle. I'm noticing that there's nothing from Jeff Woody here on this you uh, never list, asked. Of, list of, no of prizes. No one ever asked. You know, I'm sure that some people maybe would appreciate uh, maybe an autograph from the guy who do scored it. the game-winning touchdown in one of the most important college football games of all time. But no, he's, he's not decent enough to offer up an autograph. I actually just came up with an idea right now because, again, nobody asked. I have an idea right now of something, potentially, and I don't know if I can logistically make this work, so I'll talk to you about it off-air, and if it logistically works, Do you then... have the shoes you wore in that game? That's what I want. That's what I want No, for those are staying one. with me forever. Okay. Those, I will never... I have the cleats. They belong in the College Football Hall of Fame. Those are mine. If College Football Hall of Fame wants them, they can have them. That's it. That would, or be, the that Iowa would State, actually be really cool. Or the Iowa State Hall of Fame. If, if those two places, those are the only two things that, that I would like ever give them up thing, to. Though. Like if there was an Iowa State Hall of Fame. They should get one. That'd if they cool. had that. That would be cool. It'd be like the towel Seneca was wearing on his run. I can't imagine they'd be able to find that one. Maybe. He, he might have it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I have my shoes. What else could we get? Pretty sure I still have the socks that I wore there, but I, I don't think you I had washed them. I think I put any significance on the socks because yeah. they were just game socks. They're on the loop. By the end of the season, I was like, okay, well. These uh, these are not workout socks. All right, but items you can get can't get Jeff Woody's shoes from the 2011 Oklahoma State game, but you could get sweet tickets to the Cyclones game against TCU. I don't remember the day on that. I feel like it's one of the first couple weeks in October. Uh, you could get a Matt Campbell signed football. Ooh. You could get an on- authentic Iowa State football jersey. Steve Prohm signed basketball Iowa State basketball tickets. Iowa State women's basketball memorabilia. Signed George Niang memorabilia. That's way better than Jeff Woody memorabilia anyway, so I it, take it back, Jeff. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's, it, it is. And there's a whole lot more, potentially even whatever this mystery item that Jeff has just mentioned to me that he'll tell me about off air. Potentially. Potentially. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back and listen to Jeff go on a diatribe about Iowa State football practice that he attended last week on Football and Random Things on the Second Fanatic Podcast Network. Right now at Flooring America. Save store-wide on beautiful, long-lasting floors like high-performance resista carpet and waterproof luxury vinyl. Plus, buy with 30 months interest-free financing now at Flooring America. Welcome back to Football and Random Things. I'm done telling Jeff about my dog's flatulence <laughs> post-surgery. Okay, has anyone ever not laughed at dog farts? Like, if a dog actually does let one just... Like the one, and they catch themselves off guard. Does anyone not laugh at that? Or is it, again, just me because I'm 13? See, but last night it wasn't very funny because she had been feeling really, like really not feeling well. So I was more glad. Like that was the one time that I'll ever truly embrace dog farts. Dog farts? Because they're, they're abysmal in smell. Oh, Always abysmal oh, in smell. Well, and, and like, I, you know, I was telling you, she had, 
she was having a rough time where after she had to have a tooth removed last week the medication they gave her made, gave her an upset stomach she had built up a lot of gas <laughs> in her little body she only weighs like 30 pounds and she was i she was she was full of gas so there's square there's like a cubic meter of gas inside of your tiny dog basically she was like stan podolak in space jam <laughs> when when they have to pump him full of air towards the end of the movie that you know prompts bill murray's hopefully she arrival does, at, hopefully at she game. doesn't fly around your house well no she did not do that with jet propulsion but once like once things started to get moving it was made for an interesting afternoon. <laughs> they they got moving. They got moving. Yeah. I, I think my favorite part of dog farts is when, yeah, it's the pure shock that the dog has thinking that something else, someone else did that thing that they just did. Like they hear something or they don't correlate their own butt to their brain. <laughs> to me, that's the funny is the dissonance that exists between like you did something and they have no idea. It's, it's like plausible deniability. Like I don't even understand what I just did. So you did it. That's your fault. I feel like dogs are one of the most unself-aware <laughs> animals. I love when they remember that they have a tail. It's like they look back and they they like bite it. Like Lola will always, she will always bite her tail. I don't know why. Maybe it itches or something. I don't like, but I don't know. Like she's not like chasing it, yeah. you know, because her, her tail is like curled up so she can easily access it. Uh, but then she, it's like she bites it and then realizes, ow, that hurts. I should not do that. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. That's the, or every once in a while, I'll just take, because my dog has a really long tail. And so every once in a while, if I get bored and she's curled up, I'll, like, I'll take her tail and like tickle her nose with it. And then she kind of attacks it like it's a toy. Like she doesn't realize it's actually part of her own body. Yeah. I wanted to remind everybody, too, at the Iowa State Fair this week, if you go to the cattle building, turn left, you will find Cyclone Fanatic merchandise our licensed Iowa State gear, as well as a Kyle Kemp Legends t-shirt, uh, those guys in Ames shirts, unprofessional fan, all kinds of other great Cyclone Fanatic merchandise. So check that out at the Iowa State Fair. You can also get a free, like a, not a free, sorry, I shouldn't have said free. I don't know why I said that. Customized Cyclone Fanatic hat. Yeah, it's not free. It is not free. No, nope, it's not free. We uh, don't give away free things. Well, except for our content. Have you been to this podcast? Have you been to the... You, did you have your fear experience? I did not. And I'm not going to Toby Keith tonight anymore either. Doing something that I think will be good though. Some content. Making some content. Okay. Okay. I went to the fair on Saturday, How which was... Okay. Can we talk about football yet? Uh, or do you want... Do you have to... Do you like really feel like you need to get this fair There's just a there. fun... It's just a fun like people watching... Okay. Day. Yeah. Here. here yeah. Because of Slipknot. Yeah. Slipknot was there, and it's an election year, uh -huh. and so there's a lot like. So I I went and met up with friends of mine, and all we we all just sat on a bench across from the grandstands, like at the little information building. Right. We just kind of watched, and just literally. So one of my friends pulled up like, uh, State Fair Bingo, and uh, just to see like, you know trying to find different people and so Corey Booker walks like with his entourage you know professional people and you should have told him that you're better than football at him better at him than football better than him in football cool story bro uh he so played football at Stanford he's walking over and then all of a sudden like a herd of Slipknot fans walks behind him like like he's walking right to left the Slipknot herd walks left to right and then as they clear as each party clears it's like the most quintessential state fair thing is there is an extremely obese woman in a hover round like the little scooter thing towing another woman in a hover round who's also <laughs> obese and so like the just the straight oh, no. up like the three 
polar extremes of the state fair Saturday were political candidate, Slipknot concert, really fat Iowan. Like each one of those things was perfectly represented in about a five second span. And so that it just made my heart warm. I remember, or I wonder how many Cory Booker fans are also Slipknot fans. Like how many people will vote for Cory Booker also went to the Slipknot concert Saturday night. I'm gonna guess that those two demographics don't cross. I bet they probably. I don't know. I, I honestly don't well, know what I, the well, demographics. Well, I guess actually, Corey Taylor's like a huge anti-Trumper. So like, I think like the the I feel like the Slipknot population is totally independent of politics. Like you could go from every extreme. I feel like that's almost a group that could not care less about politics. Ex- yeah, I feel like they really don't care. Right. Like they're not even like they don't even pretend to care or they don't even have like opinions about it. They're just like, no, I don't. I really don't care at all. Uh, Anyone could be the president and my life will be the exact same. Yeah, I feel like that's probably about the same as long as you're because the other thing that I really do like. So I I was actually uh, not not that there's anything wrong with that. No. So I've I've been. I am a fan of music and just good music in general. And honestly, okay, we no seriously, we really got to talk about some football at some here. point. But like Slipknot just released a new album, and it's actually really good. So like I've been cruising around Ankeny, like listening to the new Slipknot album, and I feel like I'm not what you'd peg for the Slipknot guy. Definitely not. I couldn't name a single Slipknot song. Not one. Okay. Not one. Not one. There's probably a song called Not One. Maybe. I don't know. All right. You went to Iowa State football practice last I week. I did. Went on Wednesday. It was first last day. Last Wednesday. First full day of pads. Um, and there are, are a few takeaways that I can say with concrete certainty. With it. So let me put a couple caveats on this. Caveat number one, it was the first full day in pads, which means everything is going to be rougher uh, from a technique standpoint than it is even on day three. Because yeah. you've literally not put, you've not put these pads on to hit someone like in the fashion of hitting someone with pads or being in the spot with someone with pads in how, I mean, how long, six months from the last time you actually got to do it in spring ball. So you're just not necessarily going to be as good at it as everything else. So a lot of these, these observations are, are subject to change by the end of the, by the end of spring ball, because hopefully you got better into football or fall camp, fall ball, excuse me, fall fall camp. So like, hopefully you've gotten better between now and then. Um, so that's caveat number one is it was first day of pads. So the assumptions are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, two is usually in my experience and this, I don't know if this was just us. And so I'm, I admit this is strictly through my eyes. Uh, defense comes around faster than offense does yeah. when you start putting pads on because defense is so much more reactionary. Um, offense has to be, it's much more of a coordinated choreographed. Right. Everyone has to be at a certain point at a certain time. And the pads change the timing from, or change timing and space with, with regards to where your quarterback feels comfortable sitting because they can actually put pressure now on alignment and push him back where without pads, you can't bull rush. You can bull rush, but it's, it's almost like an unwritten rule. Like, you know that I can't do anything as an offensive lineman. If you bull rush me and you're not wearing pads, I can get my arms extended, but it's just going to push your shirt up. Like it's not going to actually do anything. Well, it's like on, did you watch hard knocks last week? Mm -hmm. Uh, When Jonathan Abram is running around, like basically tackling people in in shorts. and And Gruden's like, buddy, yeah. Tone it back. I love your physicality. Yeah. But tone it back. Well, it was, it was, I think Abram was like, he thought he was kidding. But the more John Gruden talked, the more I'm like, man, he actually like is low key mad about this, I think. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And as an, and also, Abram just like didn't understand. As an offensive guy, that dude pisses, like not him specifically, but guy at, on your team that does that, right. Johnny Hardo, you're like, come on, dude. Buddy, I, 
if you want me to run over you, I will try. Right. Like, I will put my shoulder into your sternum. But right. no one wants that right now. I'm not expecting you to hit me that hard. Therefore, I'm not preparing for you to hit me that hard. You're going to hit me that hard. It's sort of like it's being the guy at a bar who jumps behind someone and punches you in the back of the head. Like, sure, you're tough. You may have even punched hard. Good for you, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah. So is that manly? No, it's not manly. You're being a puss. You're trying to hit someone where you don't actually have right to be hitting somebody. So Johnny Hardo there. Yeah, that, that annoyed me as an offensive guy being like, and that's why every offensive guy like would get up and look at him like, Bro, well, that really? One, that one guy was like, "Wait till we get pads yeah, on." Yeah, he's like, "Wait till we get pads on, bro." And then I think even John Gruden said, "He's like, yo, that ain't a dude that you want to be messing with, man." It was yeah. It was, it was like, like a tight end or something. Yeah, and he was like, "You wait until he can put pads on and do something back to you." Yeah, like he's, yeah. This, that's not a guy you. Yeah, I mean, he's probably pretty physical as a safety, but he's right. still a safety. Well, I saw a video where he basically got the remainder of Mississippi State's uh, spring game canceled one year because of a hit that he had on somebody in the game. Yeah. They like quit playing the rest of the game. Which, what good does that do anybody? Right. right. Like, tone it back. <laughs> why, are you, why are you laying somebody Again, out in the spring game? Johnny Hardo. Right. All right. So continue. You're talking anyway, about the defense. So, yeah, caveat number one is it's going to, they should be better um, by the time the end of fall camp is than right now. Uh, so, the, the, how each people develop is again this is completely first just one instant reaction uh, second thing defense will likely come around before offense does um, and then the third thing is a lot what can be taken most is like more one-on-one matchups of um, you know the specific offense defense uh, running one-on-ones and stuff like that that's a lot more applicable because there's less like timing and space are still protected when you go more one-on-one uh, whereas you start adding people into the mix then the timing and space gets thrown off so anyway those are kind of the three caveats so um the the first thing and again defense comes around first but the first thing that jumps out is this defense is freaking good yeah they're good and um that comes from all levels like we thought uh, starting with the defensive line with Lima and Wazirike and Bailey, those guys were definitely your, your top three. They were the ones that played the majority of the one snaps. Um, I think every once in a while they'd rotate Leo or, um, 92 in, um, Jamal Johnson. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. They'd rotate those guys in, uh, to get snaps. Uh, but most of the time it was those three guys. Um, but I mean, across the board, these guys do so much. And they played, it's probably part, partly for insta, install, excuse me, that they did four down and three down looks, mm-hmm. um, depending on where they were in the field. And when they did four down stuff, if I recall correctly, they would move, um, they would bring in, again, bring 92 in and move Lehman to the nose and put him at three. Jamal Johnson doesn't get his name? I'm just forgetting because 90 and 92 look really similar. Um, it is, that is right, isn't it? That, I got my book here. So anyway, I, I, and again, I, this is not like a, this is not the number 19. Like this is just, I'm remembering 90 and 92 and just talking about that. Um, yeah, that's right. 92. Yeah. yeah. 92. And so just again, because 90, 90 is Isaiah Lee. Who is No. Who is 90? 90 is Josh Bailey. Oh, okay. Well, he was playing with the three. So he was like oh, a okay. two and a half. Yeah. And so they're yeah. just physically from a distance, they look similar. Um, so they, uh, yeah, so like defensive line, it, it, it's unbelievable, especially when they cut it loose in certain situations where it was like, um, like pass downs where they could actually go towards the quarterback. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of uncomfortable quarterbacks in Ames um, just because what Arazarike does. The other thing that like the, the Will McDonald factor, he's, he looks skinny. 
Like yeah. when you when you actually watch him in pads, he looks skinny. He doesn't look like he should be playing any position. No, he doesn't he, have. He doesn't have. He's a. That's what I look like. Yeah, from. it's like he's he's but he's so fast. Is he like from a a way that. Like and, and I don't mean this in a bad way. This is a compliment in football. Is he plays with a degree of recklessness that is really uncomfortable as an offensive player, because you don't know how hard he's going to be getting to a spot. He's just going to be freaking going. Like, yeah. all right, you got to get to a zone out by the wide receiver, and he's gone. Just, and you're like, oh my god, like why are you running so fast? As a defense, though, that can be almost problematic, can't it? Uh, it can be uh, as long as, but as long as you know that that you have a guy like that, um, right. like you were talking about with Levante David the other day, where like he may not know exactly what he's going to do, but if you know he doesn't know where he's going to go, then you're not relying on him to know. Right. So like you can compensate for it. You can compensate bit. for it and be like, okay, well, if we're playing, you know, this coverage and we know that he's going to fly at 700 miles an hour, he's probably going to be a little bit wide. So as a safety, I should probably just keep my, you know. My, my spider sense in that direction right that i know that, okay if something's gonna happen it's probably gonna happen in this spot but also if something's gonna happen this dude could get a pick six and we don't know um and but he covers so much ground so quickly and he goes at 500 miles an hour in any direction that he's going so as advertised yeah it was he was fun i was just watching like find number nine just watch him around just watch him run and see where he is in space and you could tell that he um so like you could tell, hey, like Haycock would would kind of you you could tell he was kind of watching him on a lot of certain on a lot of plays, um, and what it appeared is that Haycock was actually looking when he was coordinating the defense and just he would stand behind, which I, that's where I like to watch a game from is is the the butt shot, um, unless you can get up above everything right. and watch it down because it's just hard to see. Um, and he, you could tell he was watching the linebackers the most. And I think that's just because they have the most to do with both levels. And so you can kind of piece both. But you could tell he was watching Will McDonald just being like, okay, is this, does this kid know what he's doing? Um, and it's one of those things that every coach always tells you this. And I, I think every – this is good for any athlete or any um, parent or coach to enforce to a young athlete is the more important thing than being right is being 100% effort. Is you don't necessarily have to be in the right spot all the time that's obviously really important you want to be right but if you can do anything you're doing full freaking speed right you're going to be right more often than not. you're going to create some kind of something if yeah, you're just if, doing it really really hard if you're going to make a mistake at least make your mistake going 100 miles an hour exactly and that and it's again it sounds tongue-in-cheek and it's almost cliche at this point where like a lot of people just let it go in one ear and not the other right that dude's the example of it is you know that he doesn't know Specifically, uh, because it's a new position. This is again going back to being the first time in pads. It's going to feel different. Like you get up, he's a def he played defensive end for before, so like he understands what it's like to be hit and blocked and stuff. But from a distance, when he's approaching it from a different different way in a different spot and like a different way, the stance is different. It's going to feel wrong for a while, and him not knowing specifically, hey, I got to be here, here, and here at this time, this time, this time. He's like, okay, I know that I'm. It's I've got the C gap here and I know that I'm supposed to line up wide. I don't know exactly how to connect a and B, but I'm going to try my damnedest to get there. Mm -hmm. And so that was really fun to watch. But this defense, like as a defensive line all the way back is really good. I mean, again, Anthony Johnson, the dude is competitive as hell. And like there was a, a, a play, one of those ones where impossible to not interfere with. And they had uh, referees there at practice. Um, which I, this is not uncommon. I think a lot of times they'll bring them in, and especially for referees to actually practice seeing what they want to see so they can get work before the season starts. Right. Um, and so what the plays that are, like, impossible to not pass interfere are you're covering 
uh, a drag route or an you know some cut that's coming back to the quarterback and you, the, the receiver got you on their back which is where you really need to be like you're not trying to be in front of them because if they go long you're you're screwed mm-hmm. so you're on their back the ball is going to their chest like that you're trying to drill a ball in there it's really hard to not pass interfere because in order to get there you have to go through them well to do it correctly you keep space and you kind of it's like you know a north and a north magnet where there's just like this constant distance that's always repelling you away from it and just go around them which with length and athleticism it's really easy to do he did that two or three different times where uh, it's in cut back to the quarterback the ball was thrown really well like it was drilled into the chest of the receiver and he managed to play around it and even the referees that were watching were not going to call any type of interference that guy is really exciting to me just for the season are there going to be times that he gets burned yes Absolutely. He's a corner. No one's ever perfect. Um, and he's also, uh, he's aggressive. So at times there's going to be a really good receiver, you know, CD right. lamb is probably going to beat him two or three times. Like I'm, I'm going to guess that it's, that's going to happen, but he's going to be off right more often than not. And I'm really excited by the end of the season to see where he's at, but rather than like just now being a super talented dude, like if he can, if he can continue to develop and take his competitiveness, his athleticism, his length, and continue to add technique to that, I mean, the dude's going to be really dangerous. I want to talk about the offense in the second segment, but was there anybody else on the defense that really stuck out to you? I've heard that Greg Eisworth has been even better than he was last year he's, in practice. He's more confident, I think, with where he yeah. needs to be um, and where he's going than where he was last year. And I think that was the difference. But I wasn't really necessarily watching the secondary, the safeties that much, so I uh-huh. can't speak too much to it. I was watching, like I said, I was watching McDonald. I was watching the defensive line probably more than I was um, in the back seven. Um, Did you get to see any of the other guys at that linebacker spot, Pulvermacher or Jeterius Grant? Pulvermacher's 44, isn't he? Uh, yes, I do believe yeah. so. Um, so, yes, I did. And um, – Hummel and Vance. Oh, no, that's Bobby McMillan. Oh, Bobby McMillan. McMillan's 44. I didn't get, I guess, what number's Paul Marker? I guess I didn't see, oh, didn't man. notice him that much. So 36. One, I didn't see him playing that much, but again, okay. I wasn't watching specifically for it. And it was also, I, like, when they split, I watched the offense because okay. yeah, you're it's an offense me. Guy. And yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah and I was, I, was, I was going to the other side of the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I would, the the biggest takeaway the number one takeaway is that this defense is in my mind as good as what was advertised coming in I guess as far as the line you mentioned that you saw Matt Leo a little bit though do you feel like he looks more prepared than he did a year ago he knows more of where he's going he's still a ways behind any yeah and and that's or but I think there's be, a excuse, me, excuse me between him and Bailey I think um well no he's Annie's back who's Annie's backup okay yeah. so between behind any uh, but, Zach Peterson will be oh I gotcha Chiquanza. Zach Peterson's added like 40 pounds mm-hmm. of weight this year they, he looks good he, he looks, looks like he looks explosive monster. but again those the top three are the top three right, like they're right. again they're all conference predicted for a reason um yeah and any the, the dude so we'll get to Leo in a second but any the, the crazy thing about him is he's so long um and a lot of times long defensive ends can if you can get into them it's sort of like you know nobody's beaten john jones in a fight but like the way that you try and beat john jones is you close off (laughs) lots of drugs um lots of drugs lots of drugs but like you the way you'd beat somebody like that or you know like uh even like a conor mcgregor is a longer fighter at his at his his weight class is you close that distance you take away that advantage and so with people like trying to block any is if you can get into his chest theoretically that would be the way that you is you defeat his length by getting into him, mm-hmm. um, but he's so slippery, like just, he's just really good with his like his 
positioning that it doesn't even necessarily matter that you got into his chest. He's still going to shake off that block. And there were times when he made like tackles for loss or thud tackles, not actually tackling, but tackles for loss that were like a double team that he split. And there was a guy in on his chest, but he managed to just shake one and slip off the other and make his way into the backfield. Like he was, to me, he was really impressive too. But Leo, yeah, he's not, he's just behind any, like he's just not the same. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I, I mean, and I've heard too about Ray where they, I think a lot of people in the program expect this to be his most productive season that he's had I don't know if I mean that was maybe that was just one day what you would have seen but they I I feel like he'll be as disruptive as he has ever been we're in the past you know there's just a lot of being in the right place yeah and And now eating up blocks right and now it's like he could potentially be like a legitimately disruptive guy who's making tackles in the backfield and uh and is making you know getting back after the quarterback and stuff like that I I don't know if that's going to be totally his game but I think the advantage that he's going to have is he's going to get a lot more single block opportunities where Annie and and Bailey are going to necessitate that you send two guys in that direction. Because if you try and single block Daquan Bailey right now, he's probably getting off that. If you try and single block Annie Wazirike, he's probably getting off that. So you're going to have to send two guys in one direction and get to him. And then the the advantage they have then is if even if they're in a three down front, you can send Will McDonald. You can send you know one of your linebackers to bring the other one. So I think Ray is going to have a, a lot more opportunity because the guys around him now are better um, because any coming into last year was still was really really good but he was still really green yeah um, and now between Annie having improved and Bailey having improved Ray is now no longer the guy like send a guard center guard keep him on him and we'll send a tight end and a tackle on Bailey and then the other person they, they can single block the other person well now you can't do that in any direction so um uh, that yeah he he might have I wasn't watching him I, I guess I didn't notice anything uh, uh, incredible about what he was doing but he was also not in the wrong spot and a yeah. lot of linebackers yeah. ended up on plays which meant he was doing a good job all right we'll take a quick break right back football and random things in the Carl Chevrolet studios on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network hey Cyclone fans it's Chris Williams you've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers they've been coming on here for the last couple of years I've been telling you guys about them I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years and I've learned so much one thing specifically I didn't really know this before I guess I probably should have but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns that helps farmers care for the pigs they protect the pigs from extreme temperatures predators you know, all that stuff. It is so high tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and don't forget about this. So you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. Check out our monthly specials at Floors Direct on carpet, hardwood and luxury vinyl to save you even more bigger selection than the home centers expert service and always better value floors direct say yes to paying less welcome back to football and random things cycle fanatic podcast network in the carl chevrolet studio reminder august 24th at barntown brewing jeff woody i'm gonna kidnap him and make him come i'm gonna i will try and be there again i have to double check the time of the wedding I'm going to kidnap you. I'll put a bag on your head. And, and then put me in a, in a car? I'll put a uh, 
I'll put a rag on your face and je- say, Jeff, how does this smell? This Ooh, smell like what chlor- is this? Is this, this smell lavender? Like, smell like chloroform. This isn't lavender. <laughs> hey, you lied. I love these microphones because it just gives us way more, <laughs> way more versatility of what we can do with our voices. And it sounds so much more professional. So like you can say anything and it comes off like turd bucket and it just sounds more official. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this is bad news for me. Oh, man. oh, you shouldn't have given me a nice thing. All right. This let's talk about nice the Irish thing. state offense. Oh man, so the thing that came. Okay, so the thing I want to know what what you, Brock Purdy. You were you were crapping all over Brock Purdy in the spring. I, I want you, you were peeing on my Cheerios. Tell me tell me that your concerns have been alleviated. Well, I wasn't necessarily peeing on your Cheerios. I was like trying to get you to be like, you know what? Maybe he's not going to win Heisman this year. Let's tone back the expectations. Hey, shut up! Shut up! Let's tone back the expectations. Um, I thought he was really solid. Um, the the thing that. The, honestly, the thing that remind that makes me comfortable with a quarterback is if you kind of don't notice him in a, in an offense like this, where it's not, you know, where, where the, uh, the guys out east. Like the reason why a lot of that pro style offense that that they'll run, a lot of times you'll get like noticed by like, oh man, that's a good quarterback, is because you get this big play action boot. They're gonna set up, take a crow hop, and throw it seventy five yards. Like that kind of thing isn't like, damn, look at that quarterback. Where this offense is not, they don't have a lot of those plays where they're expecting the quarterback to do a whole lot of, oh my God, look at what the quarterback did. It's get the ball back, get it out on rhythm, deliver it where it needs to go and let somebody else. And then you go, damn, look at what Deshante Jones did. And you're like, oh damn, look at what Chase Allen did. The the things that you want to do are to, to get the ball out of your hand on rhythm accurately. That's what this offense is more about. And so a lot of what I think is a good sign is that I didn't notice anything about the quarterback which if you're noticing in this offense, if you're noticing the quarterback a lot, it's one of two ways. It's either incredibly impressive. Like I haven't seen the ball hit the ground in a month, you know, in, in five periods, which I think at some point that was the case, but, um, but, or it's like, man, there was an open receiver. It was on his back hip. Like what's the quarterback doing? So like, you didn't notice what was going on, which is again, good because his big problem would from last year in coming into this year, the thing that I would want him to do is again, settle his feet settle the pocket is don't try and do too much and he didn't and it was easy it was consistent he looked comfortable um he looked kind of sure of himself where the way that he was carrying himself on and off the field he knew that he was in the right spot there wasn't any debate of you know is he doing the right thing is he the right guy is he the guy he is i mean that was the job um that, so Purdy was was one part they looked at. I think the other the takeaways that I had again the offense it takes a lo- a little bit longer to come together especially with pads um, because uh, the de- defense a lot of times will thrive in chaos because if they can get chaos to happen then you have eleven guys that are running towards the ball where you have one guy that you're trying to run away from everyone else on offense so you need to have eleven guys that are blind to the ball. There's again, there's usually two guys that can see the ball. It's the quarterback and then the one that's receiving the ball, whether it's a handoff or whether it's a, a, a pass. The other nine guys have no idea where the ball is. And so they have to just trust what's going on and just trust timing. So offense, a lot of times, will take longer. Uh, so it's not saying like, oh, my God, the defense dominated today. But um, the the things that came to mind from watching the offense, Purdy looked solid. Um, nothing 
like nothing like, oh my God, he did so great, or oh my God, he did so poor, which is again good in this offense. Um, but the people that stuck out were Chase Allen, I think is going to be, a, he was going to be a handful for a lot of people this year. Chase Allen looks like a Greek god right now. He's, well, he's healthy. He's finally freaking healthy. Like a redheaded Greek god. Uh, yeah, Chase, so Chase looks really wind good. Wind flowing in the, in the air. He looks hair really, flowing in the wind. I don't know what's wrong fl- with me his, today. His hands flowing in the air. No, I said his wind flowing like in the Kermit air. like Kermit the Frog getting really no, his excited. His hair flowing ah! in the His wind... F- his hair oh my gosh his wind flowing in the hair i'm struggling today his hair flowing in the wind that's what i wanted to say his wind is flowing in the hair correct yeah that's a fart joke all right yeah (laughs) he's farting on someone chase allen uh he looked really good um he was going up really aggressively to get the ball which there is a difference between going and getting the ball and going and getting the ball with a point like the when you go and get the ball with the point, you do what Alan Lazard did on, for the Green Bay Packers last week. Correct. Is you're going, and uh, there's an, a difference in aggression with how you're going to get it, and that kind of comes with a knowledge of where and when you need to be in spots. And you know, once you go up to get it, it's yours. Damn it, I'm not, I'm, I'm not coming down with anything less than a reception. Um, and he was, he was doing that, and he was also, he might be one of the most physical blockers on offense, and alignment included. Just physicality as far as like he's trying to just mush people. So. Um, Allen looked really, really good. And then I think the other, the other person that stuck out to me, um, was, uh, 17 is Darren Wilson. Darren Wilson. Yes. 17 looked really, really good. And this was, again, I'm not, you make like when I, the whole like Jaquan Bailey thing of just using a number, this is just cause I don't know these guys numbers yet. Darren Wilson, Butler community college transfer. You should get to know that number. Um, right now I've heard the same thing. He is. He's, he is extremely accurate with where he needs to be and also very stupid fast, but stupid fast in a smooth sense. He wasn't just, I'm going to go out of my, you know, I'm not, he's not just going to be like burning somebody just for the sake of burning somebody. He's going, he's burning somebody, but he's looks like he's running at about 95% speed so he can change direction at any point. Right. So I, that was, I mean, he really, 17 was the one that stuck out to me because I went in expecting Deshante and Tariq to look good and they did like those guys I that Deshante especially like he he might be again he might be the best player on the team um I would say it's between him and then the three defensive linemen would be your best players um but he's uh again 17 was that question mark that we had you know one of the one the five question marks we had from last week that z receiver spot that z receiver spot and he was the one at least to me that has taken that stranglehold it's like the exact same thing we we're talking about last week where it was like somebody has to say like no f that this is my job i want this position rather than saying like hey let's go all go- let's all go do a good job it's no 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 i want to play and he looks like he's he is the so again so far it's early it's all still timing and whatever but he was really really impressive to me yeah, I mean, like I, I, I said, that backs up exactly what I've heard about him. I mean, it's not, it's like a, you know, every year there's a couple guys that you hear about during camp. Last year was Greg Eisworth. Heard a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think who else it really was. Any? Yeah, any, any we really heard about a couple years ago. I heard a lot about Will McDonald last year. Sam Seenbuckner, he was someone that, like, everybody really talked about a lot. It was like, I was like, dude, this guy's like awesome mm-hmm. uh and that's what i've heard about um darren wilson yeah where it's just like everybody's like this guy's on a he's something else. he's something else he's a dog yeah you know 
And uh, I think I think he was uh, called a joker by one guy. In a good way. So this guy's a joker. In a good way. Yeah. Um, Taking and, a page out of the Shane Burnham uh, lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget when Shane Burnham came in and was talking about fat girlfriends. He was saying how some of the guys on his group acted like they had a fat girlfriend with the way that they would try and go at offensive linemen. It was like the I could I would never be able to recreate the analogy, <laughs> but he's like these jokers they got they got soft hands and they act like they got a big old fat girlfriend the way they're hugging these offensive linemen. <laughs> it's not surprising at all. Oh man, there were so many fights that just got started just because Shane wanted to like prod somebody. Like he was the instigator, and then somebody else would take the fight for him. Oh, it's, I love some Shane. I love both Burnhams. Both Burnhams were also super funny because like outside of practice, they're like especially. Um, Papa Burnham you would Wally yeah I know that but like his name is Wally I want everyone to know I'm just making sure that they know who it is Papa Burnham you'd see him outside and it's he's uh, you know how's how you doing you doing how you yeah how you, you know how your class is going like just super super gentlemanly but then he's so competitive that like when he gets out on the field like he's like trash talking offensive lineman it's like yeah dude you're like 72 and you're like didn't you shit talking to 21 year old what did he say to did he say something to gino smith yeah and then gino reacted i don't yeah, know what yeah, he yeah, said yeah. but i think gino set started something because again f that guy i i'm also super glad that i was validated in the fact of like he somehow was taken by the jets really high and i'm like what yeah why why would you do that and then he was awful right real bad uh total side note that yeah we got off off. Sorry, there, no. I was I was talking about the guy going on about the Joker's thing. All um, right, so we talked about the, that. The, the the guys that stuck stuck out the most that I didn't know what to expect. Like I said, were Chase, and he looked really good in spring. So that wasn't any really question. It was just good to see right. that he has continued to look really good. Like he is the one tight end. Like he is the guy, and because he's the most flexible at doing both blocking assignments and in pass catching. Um, Kolar's a really damn good receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, 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 and I, I, I think we used it last time we talked about him, but the metaphor, and I, I think, I don't know if George is happy or sad about this, but like using the metaphors like Niang, where he's unassuming, where I don't think George probably listens to football and random things. So I think it's okay. Cool. Um, Hey dude. Hey George. Um, but like you, when you watch him walk out on the court and you watch the way that he plays, you're like, this guy's not going to be that good. Yeah. Um, but then just by little subtle things that they do, it's so effective where the thing that Kolar does really, really well is positioning himself in a space that gives the quarterback an easy throw. And when the quarterback delivers him an easy throw, he makes the catch 99.9% of the time where he's going to put a guy on his back or he's going to get to a spot in a zone. He's just so smart that he's going to get to a spot in a zone and he's going to give the quarterback his numbers. He's going to show him it's 88, right? Yeah. He's going to show him both eights and he's going to say, deliver the ball right here. This is where you need to throw the ball. And the quarterback having that comfort level, the tight end, because tight ends usually aren't going to be, deli- you're not delivering a ball to a tight end, like 45 yards down the field. It's going to be inside of 20 yards most of the time. And so you give a close throw with a, big body with big numbers it's it's super welcoming um and so Kolar like I I really like the way that he goes about doing things and I think he's gonna he's probably going to replace Butler as the red zone threat I would guess so does seeing like after going to practice are some of the concerns you had about pass catching 
relieved a little bit? Yeah, I would say so. Um, Maybe I, I, not completely, but because you still want to see him in a game, but relieved and, and a again, little bit. I think timing. Yeah, timing has to come in all of it. Um, yeah. Familiarity in all five potential receivers being on the same page with the quarterback and the quarterback get, being comfortable with the offensive line that he can actually stand there and deliver when hi, when hits are possible. Right. Um, when You're all, on the road road to relief. Yeah. It, it especially again the the. the can't talk today. I wanted to see, you know, that Z receiver position yeah. was the que- was a big question of what are they going to do there, and is there going to be somebody that takes that spot and says, you know what, I'm, I'm, this is mine, and then actually produces. And I think there is at least one. I think um, Petway is re- the dude looks like a he looks like a statue. I mean, the guy he's a house yeah. of a receiver. Um, I just think he's Bird not. House. I think he's not a hundred percent sure which is causing him to play with a little bit of hesitation. But I right. think he's another guy. You can ro- you could potentially rotate him in. He'll probably get, if I were to say, based, again, very, very, very early. And both of these guys are new. So it's not saying that, like, this is how it's going to be. But based on th- what you saw, the one practice that I saw, I would say it, at that Z spot, it'd be like a 70-30 split with Wilson to Petway. With, like, that would be what I would say probably going to be um, the, the snap divvying between yeah. the two but those those 30 percent of plays that petway would be in for he's going to be able to just throw dudes around he may not know again the confidence level of getting to the right spots but he's way more he's probably the most physical receiver i would say um and the rest of the guys are very i mean again deshante is good at everything but a lot of guys have just a lot of speed he's the one that's going to be like that's going to body somebody up and be like all right it's you know because what six two six yeah. one six two yeah. and then thick um yeah, the way that he played, I, I I told you this off air. He reminds me of Darius Reynolds when, uh, or Money, as most people know him as. Uh, so like he also wears number seven, has like the same length dreads that Money does. Money did when he was in college, and like has skinny legs and just a jacked ass torso. So like I took a picture behind from behind of him and I sent it to the group chat that I have with Arnaud Spears and Robin and, and A Rob. And A-Rob sends back, he's like, money, his sly ass. He decided to get extra, well, a couple extra years of, of eligibility. Okay. Cool. Cool. Good job, money. Oh, man. What do you think of the backs? Uh, the backs, there is a lot of questions. Who, who played primarily with the number ones? It, there wasn't one guy yeah. that played primarily with the ones. Um, I think there is a tier there's like the first tier of guys would be Kane, uh, Johnny, and Shelton is kind of your first tier of guys. The next tier of guys is Breeze and Jarrell. Jarrell, excuse me, are the next kind of tier of guys. Like Breeze floated also, kind of floated between tier one and tier two. But I think that's that's an ongoing position battle. Like one one spot isn't going to have like a specific outcome towards the rest mm-hmm. like one practice is going to have a specific outcome towards the rest so i don't know I, I would say the one the person that impressed me the most there was kane actually um but again there was no tackling possible and I, the big question that i have with kane like again you have guys that if you had three categories of you know, like speed agility and strength like in those categories like kane is speed a double plus right johnny Agility, A double plus. Sheldon, strength, A double plus. And then the other ones are kind of, you know, like Montgomery was A double plus across the board. And now you have like 
Kane is like an A in agility and like a B minus in strength. And then Sheldon is an A double plus in strength and physicality and like a B minus in agility and like a A minus in speed. And so like you have to kind of piecemeal what these guys can do really well. And so there was no tackling. It was all thud, so there's no tackling that was going to be had. And so Kane, not have, n- knowing that he's not going to get tackled, was a lot more confident. And if he could play like that when there actually is the threat of him being tackled, he's a, he's a real problem. Because there was one play where it was that uh, – and, and I hadn't seen it with Kane since a while ago – was that put his foot in the ground with one step. And it's like it was like a kick return, and he just went like <clears> – like that one step and was like – you know from the instant he makes that cut, you're like, there ain't a soul that is going to run him down. And I think right. it was like a 50-yard – again, it was thud. But like 50-yard untouched touchdown. And he, like the dude is so fast when he wants to get going. that, And you can tell speed – so going back to the thing with, we had with Montgomery, what Montgomery does so well um, is he may not – again, he's not – he doesn't run f- – Four three, but he runs four five or four six. But most of the time, will operate at less than that. And then when he does turn it on, the speed difference is high. Kane is just fast, and so like he has the capacity when he does turn it on. You can tell how fast a guy is by the defense's reaction. Where if their angle is instantly basically run to the end zone, they know how fast this guy is. And so the angles that these guys would take as soon as he cuts out of the open, like a safety is turning and running like he's going to try and cover a go route when a running back is one, the one running the ball. So it, he is really dangerous if he can get it together or not get it together. It sounds like he doesn't have it together. But like if he can be comfortable in re- those really physical situations, um, that's, that's the thing with him and, and – yeah, I, I, the running backs, it's ongoing competition. All right, last thing, offensive lineman? Um, I didn't notice anything exceptionally good or exceptionally bad. Right, um, which might be good. Which it, it's also going to be a thing where you are going to have probably, again, first padded practice. Right. Those guys are, one, going to be physically hitting someone on every single play, and Two, this is the first time they've done it. And three, they have to do it all together. So each one is going to respond slightly differently to contact and how it's going to feel and the timing of everything. So the offensive line, if you're going to have a really bad offensive line day, it's probably going to be your first one. So it not being a terrible offensive line day, not surprising. But there are also times, again, defensive line, like Kane would just slip through everybody and like, or not Kane, uh, uh, any would like slip through everybody. And it's like, well, shoot, he's in the backfield. Well, that's partly because it's any. And partly because the offensive line doesn't really quite like in working together is going to be kind of tough. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Last, uh, actual last thing. Uh, when do you think was the last time Iowa State had two players, former players, score a touchdown in the National Football League on the same day, whether it was in the preseason or not? Do you have an actual statistic on this? No, I have no idea. I'm just I'm asking if you think that there has been a time in that's, recent history. That's a long. It has to be a long time ago. I mean, when was the last time we had two offensive players that were? threats i mean it would have to be someone if there was anyone at the same time seneca was in the league because or sage maybe yeah. I, wasn't. I mean i like maybe they scored at some point on the same day yeah because i don't think we had anybody that was really an offensive player that really played much if at all yeah i mean i think that that would probably be the only way if it would have to be a yeah seneca or sage if yeah. you had an off uh, like a receiver or running back at the time yeah maybe in the preseason it made me want to – brought a tear to my eye seeing David Montgomery find his way into the end zone. I also loved how, like, 
it's one of those things where it validates what you're feeling where like when they are all um like bragging about him and they do like features yeah during the during the halftime show and like they spend 10 minutes talking to him and doing like an interview to him like they really like him yeah because he is really good yeah that i mean he did like every david montgomery thing and in sixth place no iowa state player or no iowa state fan was even remotely right. surprised they were it's like, like everybody I else is like you. oh my god this guy's crazy and we're all like yeah we were telling you it's that like, for like two years now. It's like, right, we've been seeing this for three years. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking What are you guys surprised about? He bounced off four people and then went in the end zone and it, still didn't get tackled on the way into the end zone. It was so funny. The the commentator was talking about his balance when breaking tackles, and then the next play they handed, up, handed it to him in the middle, and it was like the play where the guy like – he kind of like flipped over the top of him and David did a spin move and he only gained like four or five yards, but it, it should have been dead. It was right like, to yeah, the backfield. it was like yeah. he should have gained like at most half of a yard and he ended up with five. Yep. And it was just, you looked at it and you're like, damn, like yep. that's he's, my, that's our dude. He's doing this in the pros as well. When he was and it's that touchdown that he scored, I was like, man, that's what, that's what you wished you could have seen from him more because if you'd had a line that could have sealed some some things a little bit better mm-hmm. like the line play was not great on that play i don't think because of the way you had to cut it back i don't yeah. think that was really the design play i doubt it but it's just like you, when you're when you you're on the six see, when yeah. you're on the six it's just get to the end zone right. follow, follow what you can and then just get to the end zone but you can just see where he's got way more openings to do those things in space and than i he think, did sometimes and nagy is going to be really good for him as far as giving him opportunities to succeed because like i said he's a guy that i would call a square peg square hole guy where yeah what do our guys do well what do they not do well let's do what he does well well it's like that second and 20 that he caught a screen pass on and he got maybe like four or five yards away from the first down and there's a defensive back right there and he did his little like pick up his foot real high thing mm-hmm. and then take off and the cornerback just froze just enough when he did that and it was like oh yeah no okay you can see that he's got yeah he's got it where he's like got these dudes even like frozen in their tracks a little bit and i i also think with lazard um that he's in a great spot because right. Green Bay's hurting for wide receivers, and if he can again continue to to show like what he can do there, that's a big, especially because his the question for him was always top end speed. So like, all right, well, does he have the top end speed to succeed in the NFL? The dude was all over his back, so he didn't run away from him, but no. he just positioned himself really well. Like we were talking about with Kolar, like because I think he's wearing thirteen in the NFL. So Correct, like, yeah, you show him, show the quarterback your one and your three, and just let him put the ball where you want it to, and then Lazard's going to go get it. So I think he's in a good position too to make himself succeed. And I actually fell asleep before the end of the Cardinals game. We need to hope that Hakeem can have a better next couple weeks than he had in Week One. I think. Did he play? He did a little bit. I uh, and from what I've been reading, it's been very hit or miss. Like, but that's not. I don't think that's any surprise to us, you know, where it's like he'll be ridiculous and do some crazy stuff one day and then... Then drop a dig. Yeah, and then he'll drop some easy ones the next day. Yeah. And, I mean, he's like behind the guy that was like a seventh-round pick right now on the depth chart. So hopefully... Yeah. Kyler looked really good, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. Man. You know who looked really good? Who? The Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't watch. Dude, they're going to be freaking ridiculous. I, think the, I don't even think that – I'm not sure Tyreek Hill even played, and they still just look ridiculous. He well, Mahomes played two series, and he was like six for seven with 60 yards and well, two, a touchdown. Kyler, I was saying, so the, the games that I watched were um, the Bears, obviously the first half, and then I just turned it off for the second half. Um, and then the Cardinals I wanted to see like for a while, but then I ended up – because it started at nine. I ended up falling asleep at like 11 o'clock, and it was still the middle of this third quarter. Right. Um, and uh, anyway, but no, I wanted to see Kyler play because I just th- 
I love the quarterbacks that come out of Oklahoma just because they're prepared to do anything. Like as much as you're like, oh, it's not a pro style offense. Like, okay, well, look at the quarterbacks that have come out from there. You know, Sam Bradford, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, those Landry Jones, who has no business being in the NFL, but was a quality backup for Ben Roethlisberger. And like, just because of the way that they run their offenses, they run pro style elements, but they also run a shotgun style element. Right. And Murray, there were times like his offensive line is still really bad there. That's a lot of work they need to do with the offensive line, but he got rid of the ball so quickly. I was going to say, you can almost compensate that for a little bit with that offense that mm-hmm. Cliff runs. And the defense was not ready for it. Right. For, Cause he's got an arm. Like again, people assume that because he's a shorter guy, like in, like in your head, like the default thing where you see a, you know, a, a six foot 10 basketball player, like there's no way this guy can shoot. And then all of a sudden he shoots well and you're like, Oh shoot. Uh, sorry man and like yeah. you just misjudge it because you're instant reacting because you see a short quarterback you don't you think the speedy guy doesn't have a really good arm he has a cannon and so they were like i think the first play they ran one they took over the ball after a fumble recovery on like the minus six and the first play they ran was a far field out on rhythm and he just went you know a three-step drop in shotgun is just get your right foot back put it in the ground and throw right and he threw like a, a far field out for like a seven yard gain for his first play and you're like shoot like the corner was five yards off the ball because he wasn't expecting that route and they wasn't expecting the ball to come out that fast and just, I don't know, it was really, really fun. So yeah, hopefully Hakeem can kind of at least carve a niche for himself. If he's not going to be able to be consistent in every single down receiver, if he can be a guy that can consistently block really well and be a down the field threat, then he can earn himself a roster spot and every once in a while get himself yeah there. Um, so yeah, I'd, it was a good it was a good weekend to be a former cyclone football player other than Hakeem. And other than Jeff Woody. Uh, that was I, I had a good weekend, but my, I I uh you were talking about dog farts. Went one step further. Dog got sick. Dog diarrhea? Came out both directions. Oh no. Yeah, Lola was doing that too on Saturday. Yep. Well not not the diarrhea, but the and I had to coach the puking. I had to I had to coach the gym at six thirty on Saturday, so I wake up at six and walk out to go to the truck, and I walk by the back door, which is where I let her out to go, and she tried to get outside, and I heard, I remember like retrospectively thinking I heard her cry at like one thirty in the morning, and I walk by and I look over, and I'm like, that's not supposed to be on the floor, and I was like, oh, that's gonna not be fun to clean up, <laughs> and so I had to just clean up as, like a minimum amount, and then so it's not going to smell when I got back and then just bleach the whole floor when I got back. So right. ending on a low point here yeah, on football and random things. Not great. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Talk Turd. to you again next week. Turd bucket. We'll be on video next week. Ooh. I'm going to put pants on then video. Correct. Yep. I, yeah. I don't want to see your ass in underwear again next week when you come in here. Don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah. You're not, you're wearing pants. I'm, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, you're wearing shorts, not pants, but all right. Thanks everybody for listening. Talk to you guys again next week. Peace. Bye.